Thanks for listening to another episode of the Zag. Eric Sobe here talking with 2011 NLC Sacramento fella. Teresa Cune is here. She's on the East Coast now, so we can maybe talk about some weather, but she has California ties, so excited to hear what she has to share with us. Thanks for listening to this episode. Let's get to it. All right, Teresa, you are what in Boston right now? Do I have that right? Yes, in very, very cold Boston. Did you guys get the most recent snow, or did it manage to avoid you this time? Um, luckily, avoided, despite what the weatherman said. So the, the New England uh, secret is that you actually don't pay attention to, to what the news says. Got it. Just go in your gut. And we'll get to some of your West Coast ties in a little bit, but tell me how you ended up in Cambridge and in Boston. Sure. So um, I'm a California-raised um, person from the San Bernardino area. Went to school in San Diego. Um did a fellowship actually in Sacramento and that's what actually catapulted my, my career in public policy and in politics. Um, and then, um, I was there for about five years. I worked in the California state assembly in the Senate. And then I, I lobbied shortly for local government when my local, um, congressional district, there was a, a huge upset by the incumbent that had been serving for many, many years by um, a then state senator. And she actually brought me to the DC. And so I worked on the Hill as her legislative director. Um, and then I did some advocacy before coming to, to Cambridge. I went to the Harvard Kennedy School for the mid-career um, MPA program. And that's what brought me mm-hmm. to uh, New England. Got it. And the, the role now that you're in, how would you describe it? Um, we're looking at um, how do we create a sustainable and healthy democracy um, from a perspective of a practitioner meets academia. Okay. And yeah, and then you were able to speak on a panel for South by Southwest. Before I hear about the panel, had you ever been to South by Southwest before? No, first time. Um, Do you have any thoughts or what were your expectations going in? So, so of course, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting that I haven't been because very much up my alley, um, very forward thinking of innovation and government meets technology meets, uh, fun, like cultural, cultural entertainment, like music and, and film. Um, it was amazing. You know, I, I show up with like a, a, a two page list of places to eat and, uh, <laughs> and um, pathetically only got through half of it, but, um, it was amazing. It was, it was a great, it, you know, talk about, meeting my tribe. So people who are really much, um, caring about where we're going, um, where we're innovating. Um, so a lot of, I caught just a lot of thought provoking, um, conversations of, um, hopefully that will influence the way I do my work. And then what was the name of your panel and, and how did it come to be? Did they reach out to you or you submitted it? How does that, how does it actually happen? Yeah. So the whole, um, the whole system's a little interesting and it was my first time actually, um, trying to get, part of the program. So the conversation was called hashtag resist tech, um, how to influence Congress. Um, it was myself and, and two of my buddies. We all served as legislative directors on the Hill around the same time. And we've all since, well, two out of three, we've gone on to do different stuff, but we're mainly in the tech and, and, and government spaces still. Um, we thought it was a good idea to have a conversation um, 2017 saw uh, an influx of constituent engagement, and which is amazing. Except that 
um, all of these new civic tech platforms that were popping up, um, not all of them were the most effective um, platforms of which to to use to express yourself. Um, I'm thinking about some of them who, you know, you would text to and they would um, fax your member of Congress. Well, you know, that's not really, yeah, you know, that's not really going to be, um, we're not going to have the most weight. So it was just a, a conversation of how you um, were a more effective advocate. Um, so the actual uh, submission process was just that it was a, it was like an application, you kind of like lay out what the concept was. Um, and we framed it kind of, again, like, you know, there's a lot of people trying to do this. Um, a lot of people are caring now so more than ever. Um, and then, um, then they'll sort you. I, I assume they get hundreds, if not thousands of submissions. Um, then they'll choose you to make it to the next stage, with the, which then you have to be voted on. Um, and so you had to get your friends and colleagues and kind of the general public to vote. Yeah. So I, I didn't like realize there was a campaigning involved, but there, um, which was not a problem considering, um, who, who, who I am and my friends. So, um, uh, we got selected. So I, I don't exactly know where we came in terms of the election, but we got selected to, to talk. So it was a, it was a real honor just to be in a space, like I said, with like like-minded people and, um, it, you know, talking about something that I very much care about, which is an yeah. engagement. So let me ask you some rapid fire questions on the, on the topic of the panel itself. So what is at this point the best way to have an elected official engage with your content? Um, so there's two ways, um, but none of them. And so this was kind of the gist. Um, it, it's going to take a little bit more work from us, the citizen so it's not going to be easy as just shooting off a text message. But if you really want something to be impactful, show up to your member's uh, office or make an appointment with him or her. Go to their, um, you know, Congress on the corner hours or their town halls or maybe teletown halls. Um, if you are going to make a call, um, try to patch through, ask for the the actual staff member that's uh, working on the, the topic that you're calling about. Or um, sit down and write a personalized um, letter. So none of this like form letter business that what we consider facilitated communication. So, you know, just actually get to work, you know, put in the effort. So then is there any efficacy for calling? Because I feel like that's been a frequently lifted up strategy as people have been upset about healthcare repeal or a litany of other issues. Hey, call this person. Here's the call list. Call this person. Does that actually have any impact? I think it does. And, it, you know, so each each member, think of them as, as their own private business. So for some some members, and it really the culture of the office is going to be dictated by the member and the chief of staff. So there's some members that absolutely a call is going to matter, especially and and really, and this is another thing that I would just save time and energy about um, going to calling other members, but really concentrate on who your member is. And as a constituent, it's more likely that they want to hear from you. So I do think that there's a lot of um, value in, in making the effort. Um, you do hear that because of the influx, um, you know, it's, it's just hard to get patched through. Um, so, and then that's real, you know, so maybe calling on off hours, leaving a message, the first thing that you should say to the person that you're speaking to is that, hi, I'm a constituent. 
or hi, I'm a constituent, I'm a voter. Um, and that immediately gets, gets people listening. Mm-hmm. And then I don't feel like I'm too familiar with some of the, the tech pieces that you alluded to at the beginning when you're describing the panel, sort of no generally of the idea of, of them, but what do you feel like is the future for those kind of those apps? Where is it going where it actually could be useful as opposed to maybe just one other thing that gets lost in the noise of all the people trying to talk to an elected official? Yeah, well, I think that some um, some of the developers of these app are trying to make a better product, um, and a lot of them are, are doing a great job. So I like these apps because what they've done for people is that they lowered the barrier for communication. It's a one-stop um, platform. So you could type in, let's just say Potfox. You go to Potfox, you enter your address, and it's going to tell you who your members are. Um, then it's going to have a, a, a form letter, and then right then and there, you can write your your message, and they'll send it for you. Conversely, if you did it without a, an application um, or this platform, you would go to your you know you would go to the House of Representatives website, type in your your address, and then do it again for the Senate. Um, so those systems on the on the actual um, con- Congress side don't really talk to each other, and it's not the most intuitive products. So I do think that these civic products work. Um, but it's more the ones that I just explained. So it's the ones that kind of do some of that work for you. Emails are still very much valuable as long as the message is unique and tells a very authentic story to you. Um, you know, make, make the connection back to the district, um, talk about your community, um, so th- those are kind of like the, the messages. It's the, the story and the message is, is is a little bit more important when it when it comes to actually writing your member an email. Um, the other products, like I said, you know, anything that's like making um, faxing, I'm not a fan of. Um, mostly because a lot of those, if, if it's just like a form letter, you're it's. I mean, you'll get inputted at best. Um, but if you're one of like a thousand, maybe not. Um, so really, t- you know, take the time to understand what the uh, communication mechanism in, in some, a lot of these products. Yeah. When we come back, I'll ask uh, Teresa a little bit more about her California day, especially in Sacramento. Thanks for listening to the Zag. We'll be right back. All right. So Teresa, how long were you in Sacramento officially then? there a little bit under five years yeah i'm sure you have some sense now too of what still happens in the state house and it's been an interesting year with me too scandals for men and women you have some really big names who've been around a long time running for higher office you know what do you see happening in the next six to eight months when it comes to california politics you know i see a lot of people very energized by what's happening on the more national level um what makes me really proud about being californian is that it is emerging as a leader um, and, but a lot of it was not, you know, without scandal, as you mentioned, the whole Me Too movement, the, um, um, I forget what the actual other, we said enough, uh, movement that's happening in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. I think that's, um, I think it's putting a really important scrutiny and expectation on as Californians, what we expect from our, our elected leaders. And I think that's a really good thing. Um, I think that we're going to you know, fight and turn out. I think the midterms are going to be um, a pretty successful um, engagement, a moment 
I think that, you know, especially now with the Parkland issue, there's so many reasons why people are, are saying I can't just sit back this election. So um, I think we're going to see a lot of engagement um, across the, the um, state. I think um, we're going to get probably the best leaders. And I think that we're going to probably produce some um, more progressive uh, members, which I think, you know, as an NLC member, I think that's a very good thing. Um, and I think we're going to turn some seats blue in Congress. Excellent. And then as someone who's been in politics for as long as you have, like what kind of ways have you sustained yourself? How do you avoid the cynicism? How do you stay energized when things have been tough, definitely in this last year and a half, but there were certainly some challenging times too when Obama was president with a lot of midterm losses, a lot of local and, and state losses as well. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, I think that people who are in this space, it's really important that you give yourself a break um, to think that we're operating at, a, you know, at 110 all the time. It is asking for a lot, if not impossible, for our um, for our sanity. So um, I allow myself to take a step back, you know, whether it's, um, you know, I'll, I'll sit out, um, you know, the midterms or maybe I will recalibrate of like how involved I get in some races um, that's really how I've, I've done it. And I know a lot of people, you know, I, a lot of people kind of do the same and it's cause we have to, like you said, um, defeats are really hard, especially when you put your whole heart into something. Um, and I mean that both like in a campaign sense, but also when, you know, I was working on legislation that was very near and dear to my heart and then for it to get vetoed or, um, you know, stuck in appropriations. That's, mm. that's also, I counted that as a defeat. Definitely. Uh, before we go, any things to plug for us? What kind of things should we be listening to, reading, downloading on our phones? Give us some give us some good tips. Absolutely. If you're not following the Ash Center at Harvard Kennedy School, um, I very much um, encourage you to. Um, I'm actually going to be rolling out a series of research on this very topic of how to um, better engage with your elected leaders. Um, also, we're having a, a big... Um, a voter participation uh, symposium right now on, on an invite um, only basis, but a lot of research we're hoping is going to come out of that too. So I think it's going to come at a very, very crucial time as progressives of how we're going to um, really capitalize on all of the energy and, and, you know, the frustration, but also the, the hope that we still have of how we're going to make this, make, make a change, make change happen. Love it. Well, listen, thanks for joining us and thanks for everyone for listening to this episode of The Zag. You can download all the past ones from our website or in the iTunes store, Google Play store. Thanks for everyone who has been chiming in on how much they enjoy what they're hearing. We'll have some more episodes next week. If you're on the East Coast, stay warm. If you're still in LA, stay dry and we'll talk to you soon.